Yeah. And right into it. Ooh, we Sweat Equity Podcast and Streaming Show, the number one <gasps> comedy business podcast <gasps> you, cast in the world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we talked to real entrepreneurs. <gasps> Did it again. With real raw dog talk. Yeah. Uh, listen to us. What? On- on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you listen to podcasts, Google Play, yes. Amazon yes. Podcast, Amazon Music, one yes. of those two. Um, are Actually, we broadcast in the Amazon over PA speakers. iHeartRadio, if you're a corporate radio lover and you go to that app for some reason. Um, we got Preston Brown on as our guest. Your best life now. YBLnow.com. Or if you want coaching... Uh, by Preston Brown. It's the PrestonBrown.com. Like the Ohio State, it's the PrestonBrown.com. How many E's? T H E, not E. Yeah, but like the. Right. You're just saying it. Like the Ohio the, State. Right. Like the guys do when they're doing player intros. Right. Yeah. You know how it is. What? <laughs> um, go. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Squarespace, the all in one drag and drop content management system that kicks the shit out of WordPress, Wix, and Weebly. They got the Fluid Engine where you their ad copy is awesome. You can just drag and drop. You don't have to do any coding if you don't want to, but you can if you need to. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can track everything a lot better, and it indexes on Google for you. You don't have to mess around with that. The analytics are simplified. And look, the admin panel is like Apple made it. Yes, that's why, I agree with that. That's why I use it to hand off to clients because they can use it without bothering me. Uh, are we ready to get this podcast what? episode what? going? You are talking. That sounds weird. Okay, go. Howdy, Johnny. What about my sweat equity? Sweat equity. Sweat, 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 sweat equity. My sweat equity. Tell what I'm going to do. My, my sweat equity. Fucking thing sucks. What about my sweat equity? Um, yeah, uh, we. Uh, so wait, you 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 flew Emirates, which alone is like out of our pay scale. Um, to I'm, I'm guessing to Dubai or something. Uh, uh, yeah, we were going <laughs> to fly local. We're, we we were going to Greece. Uh, it's part of a travel agency I own, and um, we 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 do travel for high net worth individuals. Travel, create experiences. I mean, just. All, all, all this stuff. It's a lot of fun. And and I've never flown Emirates. And my wife books Emirates. And I see these pictures online. And the first thing they do is they walk up and they're bringing you like Don Perignon champagne and caviar and stuff that, like, I'm an El Paso, Texas guy. And we make great money. But, like, I you, you just don't think of spoiling yourself this way. And, and honestly, I couldn't fly there, fly back, and not have a chef for the rest of my life. Look like, at it. It's like, I need this. Yeah, Emirates, uh, did it fly Tampa to Auburn? <laughs> yeah. Alabama? We gotta, uh, I gotta, pretty Penn sure they do. We gotta go to Auburn uh, for the Penn State game and take your dad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Emirates only. Wait, are you in, El- you're, you're born and raised in El Paso, right? Is that yeah. a military, I'm guessing? Family? No, 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 no. I'm just born here, man. I oh, mean, wow. I, I did join the Air Force, and, oh. and so I, I am ex-military, but Living here was just, that's where my parents made me. 
Yeah, no. And I I just I know you snipped lot, it out. <laughs> a lot of people have got that. Uh, El, first off, El Paso, one of the it can be one of the roughest cities in the country. Uh, I found out from doing stand up there. Uh, and and staying in a bad motel. I feel like that's a unique experience to you. No, no. You probably this made a lot a, of enemies up this, there. No, I was a sweet boy, and this was uh, the show was pretty wild. It, there's just some cities that can be like that when you, you go. You were the one who up. didn't take his top off. <laughs> so you, you probably went down to Bart Reed's comic strip. I think. I think right? so. I think so. And. What one thing you gotta love about El Paso is the Mexican culture, and if you've ever been to a soccer game or even like gone to some friend's house, like true Mexicans, where they have like a soccer game, there will be at least one fist fight if you have all the cousins and uncles there over the soccer game. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. being a gringo, a white guy, I've never seen this at any of like the sporting events that we generally would go to with our families. But no, they're very passionate. It's a passionate people. They're a lot of fun. But man, I'll tell you what, you get in that comedy club. <laughs> let, let me let me say it this way. This culture is so much fun, and I love this culture. But if you are a Hispanic family, all the uncles, cousins, all that, and there's one of the nieces or nephews that's chubby, you'll call them Gordo, which means fat kid. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll nickname him fat kid when he's fat. Like, like it, it is. It is a. It's a fun culture, but it's a tough culture. Kind <laughs> no of a mean culture. Lots of shit given. Well, I mean, I, I crushed, but the other three guys had trouble. How many Gordos we got here tonight, everybody? Well, I just... Gordo? Gordo and Al? I started dipping into crowd work about that time, so that's <laughs> probably what I said uh, verbatim. Maybe you were there. Uh, but you ran all out of all your Spanish all words you, pretty quick. Well, no, all you have to do... All I, I think all I did was really go... Well, there was a lot of families there, which was surprising, because you don't see like a big table of families at stand-up shows a lot. Uh, and... When you do, you're like, well, I've got to talk to someone at this. T- I got to find an entry point at this table because I know where's my Gordo. If they're not the person that is like the person to make fun of, they're gonna point to that person. That's usually my <laughs> yeah. Strategy. They'll tell you. They'll tell on you. Right. Right. So like, which one's the easy one? Right. And so uh, I think I, I made some uh, not MS13, but whatever, whatever the uh, the biggest. This <laughs> this is 12 years ago. So this is, uh, but I remember like. Driving around, I'm like, this is a hard city. This is this could be a tough city. You have, uh, Juarez is right, right across, right. And and what's funny, man, Juarez is actually tough. El Paso is like one of those low crime rate. I mean, people will, they'll 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 play hard, they'll talk shit, but it's actually a pretty nice, genuine place. But it seems tough. I could see where somebody would get that gauge. Hmm. Well, maybe you're just a tough guy, and that's just normalized. Right. <laughs> um, Doing karate moves, Air Force karate moves. Yeah. No problem. Uh, For us, you have problem. 18 businesses uh, with gross revenues over $180 million. Those that, are old numbers, but yes. What are, oh, let's update what are we work, Let's look, hear it. The, I, I'm just going Don't off the stat sheet they gave us. Uh, what, what is, uh, what's the updated numbers? Uh, so that was uh, 2020 and 2021. We, we hit those numbers um, this last year. Gosh, for 2020 going to 2021 was when we got our returns and saw all that. Now I'd say we're probably 20, 30% larger. Wow. We've, we've had significant growth through COVID and everything else. All of our businesses just took off. It is, it's been a blessing. And I'll tell you what, I'm not losing any hair, but I'm gaining lots of face. Uh, <laughs> learning how to create new systems, create new processes, like solve problems we haven't dealt with before. 
and it's 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 a boatload of fun, man. Well, that's awesome. Congrats. Yeah, Holy shit. that is something you know. When I I seek out advice from a, a, a lot of people that are way more successful than me, uh, the thing in in COVID or the looming recession. Uh, the, the most successful people I talk to always see that as an opportunity. Is that how you, and remember the word of 2020 was pivot. Right. We're going to pivot. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah. if you should be always kind of pivoting, you should always be adaptable and, you know, market forces, unless maybe some of these businesses are really large, maybe affect that. But for the most part, a lot of businesses, I feel like, uh, should figure out how to be recession proof should figure out how, you know, at least a contingency plan. Yeah. So business, look, a recession is a fantastic thing. Like anybody who's not excited about a recession is not in their heart an entrepreneur. You know, if, if, if you want to grow a garden, the first thing you need is a giant pile of shit. And the second thing you need is a seed. Mm. Okay. The recession provides the pile of shit. And in a in a recession, you're the seed. Like your idea becomes the concept, becomes the business, becomes the flowering crops or fruit producing crops that you're going to harvest later. And you needed the shit in the recession. Like a recession, everybody's giving you one thing that you don't get the same level of in a good market. It's called feedback. You know, in a recession, everybody's bitching. Everybody's got problems. Everybody's yelling, screaming, whining, crying. And if you're an entrepreneur, which basically means problem solver that's smart enough to sell their solution to customers, that's what entrepreneur means, okay? And if you could scale that, then all that feedback gives you better access to optics to study those problems, and the recession's what makes you fucking rich. You just don't feel it till the boom, but in the recession is when you get rich. Right. Oh. And, and that, that has been a theme I've picked up on a lot the last couple of years, that it, it is opportunity it is, if you're entrepreneurial. Yeah, I haven't heard the feedback part, though. That's really interesting. Yeah, because I guess... Most people it, just take it as bitching. Yeah, or well, if you want to take it as maybe effort and time spent, and that's in the wrong direction, if you're just bitching online or bitching you know, uh, to anybody who will speak, you're not really making an effort to solve your problems or a problem, right? You know, feedback loop's important, <laughs> but uh, that's so, on a customer scale, usually. Yeah, I look, feedback, feedback in a recession is people are presenting what industry-wide problems are. Okay, so that's the feedback you're looking for in a recession. When you have a business and you're doing transactions with customers, the feedback can help you hone and tune because you already have the established relationship. What's nice about the recession, this type of feedback, because there's lots of types of feedback, right? You get different feedback from your wife than you will from your business partner, than you will from customers, than you will from the general community, the, the sociology, not psychology, the we, if you want. You're, you're getting an industry-wide or, or global, in some cases, hey, here's the big issue. Here's the big problem. Here's where we're in pain. Then you build the better mousetrap around that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And... And that feedback, we, the kind of feedback you, you were just kind of talking about is all based out of fear a lot of the time, I feel like. Yeah. And yeah. And I mean, part of your resume is it, it, it's kind of sprinkled in. You're more about the psychology of business, and that's how you're, you're able to scale and grow and help coach other uh, CEOs. Is that fair to say? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, breaking down business, I mean – we talk about it all the time. It, I mean, it is psychology when you really break down it, it's uh, how behaviors flow 
and trying to just have a good mental kind of acumen or or just good horse sense in a lot of ways to make decisions. Well, you know what? Let me let me give you guys this so that your listeners could maybe get a million or ten million or a hundred million dollars out of this podcast when they listen to it. Obviously, yeah, that happens all the time. Single single greatest problem that every business owner has. Okay, single greatest problem. They don't have an effective map. I mean, it's really just this. And there's like six types of business owners, and nobody knows which type they are. Oh, can we talk about that after you're finished? Yeah, yeah, I want to hear those six types. I'm going to dive right into it. Okay, good. And the reason is most business owners are doing the right thing at the wrong stage in their business, okay? Like, say you're a startup company and you come listen to a guy like me who last year I think my net was 14 million and I paid zero fucking taxes and I'm going to give you ideas. All right, that's not true. I paid taxes if <laughs> my income was like half a million. Which IRS is big 000. on our podcast. Okay? Real popular so, <laughs> IRS. So careful. I love them. Careful. I, follow, I love them too. Follow, and law does too. I follow all the tax laws. Trust me. Those, and now there's those 80,000 new IRS agents aren't for me. And now they already right. know my fucking name. And now they got gats on them. I know. Armed now. Right? Right? Totally and necessary. They don't need to come to my office because we follow all the tax laws. But say I'm going to give you information on how to legally, ethically never pay taxes again. I'm at this investor philanthropist stage of entrepreneurship where part of what you're investing in is there to offset income and gains. Well, if you're a startup company and you need to be focusing on your customer and customizing to whoever your customer is supposed to be because you're in a huge race for cash flow, you know, it, well, let's start at the beginning. The first stage of entrepreneur, entrepreneur, right? This is somebody that hasn't fucking taken the leap. They haven't taken a risk. They haven't bought in. They're a wannabe. Now, this person has a mindset issue. You have to solve it. You have to overcome it. You have to get them in the door, right? Once they're in the door, then they're a startup. They've taken a risk. They've got a race for cash. They're going to customize everything desperately to find a customer that they can marry that will continue serving them or a customer archetype, if you want. Not a single customer, obviously, in most businesses. But that customization for the ones that survive, 50% fail, you're one. For the ones that survive, takes the startup into this new phase where they found the customer, but they got rewarded for being exceptional, okay? And they succeeded at being exceptional. They customized, customized, customized. They, they graduate to another stage called operational entrepreneur. Operational entrepreneur, which probably should be called slave labor, Okay. <laughs> is where you're a slave to your business. You got in for freedom. You got in for wealth. You got in for all this. All you got was an 80-hour-a-week fucking job. Mm -hmm. You're fucked. So now this operational entrepreneur got rewarded by being exceptional, and he's made exception and exception and exception, and he doesn't realize, oh, fuck, a business is sort of like a car. It's an optimized machine. If your engine made an exception and decided to be exceptional on your way to the grocery store, you'd never get there. Mm -hmm. You'd literally blow a rock, right? So now you get into this operational entrepreneur. We have to take this guy away from customizing, get him into optimizing, creating systems, processes, tools, setting expectations, measuring expectations. Then he becomes this entrepreneur character. And he's like, wow, I've got all this, 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 this team set up. I've got a CRM. I've got processes. I've got systems. But I'm doing the same amount of volume that I did before when it was just me. And so what I really got was a big fucking pay cut. But, hey, I got my time but I don't have enough money to live on in some cases. So I, I got up to entrepreneur. I'm there. 
But holy shit, like my lifestyle as I was building up, growing, 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 it's higher than what I have. So then you get into immediate new problem. You need to scale. People have no idea how to fucking scale. They're like, oh, scale means scale everything. And every fucking coach tells you, oh, you got to scale everything. No, sometimes you're going to scale your brand. Why? Because if you scale your brand, you can scale your margins. You can charge more. Once you scale your margins, then you scale the size of your team. Why? Because when your team gets larger, then you can serve more people. Your capacity goes up. Then you scale your sales. Once you've scaled your sales, then you go back to scale brand, <laughs> scale margins, scale team. Like, so, so there's different levels of scale when you go into this operational megapreneur. And eventually, once you scale to a level where the margins are back and everything's back, and, and, and preferably a little more than that, you hire the higher level team, which means uh, generally starting with the CFO, tracking numbers, setting budgets, the COO, and uh, CMO. These are people that do mundane tasks. They're high-level mundane task employees. Once you have them, you become the CEO. Then eventually you train a CEO to replace you. It's basically somebody you're paying to be the owner so you don't have to be. CEO stands for Chief Executive Officer. I know people with 10 people at their company. They've appointed a CEO. Dumbest shit they could do. You're not at the CEO level. Don't fucking do it. So for all the entrepreneurs with 10 people at their company that have a CEO, and everybody does that because I'm going to reward you with this title bullshit. Fuck it. None of it. Get rid of it. Like well, titles are free. <laughs> you, I mean, you can you can just appoint them, right? No, they're not. No, they're not. Oh no, they're. I mean, they don't have. They don't come without penalty. But you can change your LinkedIn to whatever you want. You know, like you, you can. But the moment you have the title of CEO, that's uh, looked at differently in a court of law than somebody who's oh, considered cr- a director of operations or yeah, president. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. You're yeah, um, you're correct. But I'm saying like outwardly. Other on, than that, on those things, big ones, yeah. biggies. Give them a big title that Wall Street wouldn't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you want to give them a big title, you could say, you're the customer satisfaction engineer. Right. Okay? The moment it's like CEO. Yeah, I've seen that. that. Yeah, that's fine. Chief, insert whatever thing you want. Officer, and that's, you know, people feel great about that. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the chief clerical officer. Yes. (laughs) Success (laughs) officer. Phone officer. (laughs) Exactly. Chief coffee officer. so when, it, when, when somebody goes out and starts talking, like, hey, here's how you get out of tax advice, uh, and, and you have the operational entrepreneur who's the slave to their business, and now he starts throwing all of his cash flow into getting out of taxes, you know what? His taxable income will go down. That's fine. But he didn't find a way to get his time back. He did the wrong thing at the wrong stage. Like, he did the right thing, but it was at the wrong stage. At that point, he could still get out of taxes by just expensing it, by hiring great people, getting great systems. In business, solve the problem on the stage you're at. The first thing you do is identify the stage that you're at. Once you know, and everybody's oscillating. Most people are oscillating between two and even three because they're getting different advice and, in a lot of cases, bad advice, right? And, and, and if you solve the problem you have today... There, there's nobody out there that can't be somebody doing $100 million in revenue. Like $100 million in revenue is not even a crazy amount of money anymore. It's just people think it's a crazy amount of money. It just means you got epically good at solving a problem, and you built a great team around the idea of solving that problem, and then you solved it for lots of people. That's all that means. You're like the business John Cena because you kind of look like a skinny version of him to me. You see? Oh yeah, like John Cena <laughs> after he retired from the NFL. <laughs> or, uh, or he was like John Cena as an NFL. No, but you well, know what I'm. That, yeah, he stopped doing I know steroids. He was a and, right. Like yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but he still works out. He still right, does he still CrossFit keeps or something. Shit together, you know, uh, but. 
I'll, I'll be the business John Cena without the steroids. <laughs> you can keep that. Yeah, that's your. I'm the business John Cena. <laughs> um, Can't see my prices. What are you, you've got a you. You do have a certain uh, like John Cena. Like he's very successful in a, in a way that there's a certainty behind what he's saying. Uh, even if he's doing Chinese uh, uh, Mandarin to apologize for uh, Fast and Furious in China. Did he? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'd like to see that. And then Americans are like, nah, dude. Um, uh, but it's one of those things where y- you have this amount of certainty, and I'm guessing because uh, you've seen a sample size that it is relevant and reliable, right, of this cycle. I, as you were talking about stages, I kept thinking of Maslow's hierarchy of needs for business in a way. Like, you know, you have this stage, you have this stage, and they're kind of, I mean, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you can kind of wiggle it a little bit, but it's pretty it's pretty <laughs> standard, and what you're mm-hmm. saying is pretty standard as well. I, yeah, I'd like to bet you probably have a pretty kick-ass infographic of all of what you just said. I hope. Uh, yeah, in fact, we're remodeling the office. A lot of it's behind me on those sheets of paper while we're in the remodel. I know. I almost got up close to the computer to try and read it, but I held back. I see business model. That's all I could read. I've got, I've got good eyesight. Actually, <laughs> Jesse, would you grab them, Where, the yeah. business documents? Where's Isaiah? Grab them all. Where's Isaiah oh, yeah, with my Isaiah coffee? With my, oh, fuck. You brought him in and I didn't oh, even okay. see him. <laughs> He's oh, pretty good then. All right. Um, He's pretty good. Yeah, he snuck in. When did he come in? That's awesome. Um, Jesse, make sure we email them all of the business documents, oh, including yeah. the different stages and all that. And then you guys can give it away. Like, look, I look at, like, you know, if you want to work out, just go outside and fucking run, right? Like, that gym, the outdoors, the great outdoors is the free gym that everybody has access to. Like, and then a lot of folks, they, they, they do a little personal training, whether it's listening to podcasts, whether it's this, whether it's that. That's not free. It either takes your mind, time, it takes your money, it takes whatever. If you go hire a coach, if you go listen to podcasts, you're investing some time. So I'll, I'll send you those documents. You guys are welcome to give them away to everyone. I think everybody should have plenty of fucking success in business, or at least whatever their goal is. Yeah, because part of the thing is, you, look, you, can, you have the blueprint, right? You're at mm-hmm. that... You're in this in this rarefied era where you've been successful, still are successful, done it multiple times over. Still got the juice flowing too. Yeah, still most still people excited yeah, about but, it, but not to steroids, not to steroids, different juice, natural juices, could be could be, win, could be Winstrol, yeah, it could be the cutting one. Uh, but it's that thing of like you here, and you could give this to someone one on one, right? And this is this is the business bible, and they still won't take it. Right, they that, could have every tool they need yeah. to carry that out. Step by step by step, it, boop, 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 to they me, can do it. It's they just, don't do it. That's the interesting thing about life and human behavior. It's like the 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 people that go through like lows on speakerphone, having a full conversation, and not realizing they're a fucking asshole for doing that. And annoying everybody in the Yeah, they're going to be stuck in the operational entrepreneur phase for the rest of their life, 80 <laughs> hours a week. Well, so that, that part where you're, you're talking about you have to know what stage you're in, self-awareness is, uh, is, is something that is kind of left out of people's uh, life. Speak of rarefied air. I mean, look, go on any plane that's not Emirates or whatever, your own flight, your own private jet. Uh, go on any flight, Southwest flight. Look how many people savages. spatially aware of their surroundings. You know, um, so what is uh, what is your formula for living purpose with purpose? Oh, so <clears throat> that's dipping into the psychology side, and honestly, it's my favorite question. Thank you for asking. 
Um, You're welcome. Let's, let's, let's answer it in a different way. Have you ever been pissed off? Yeah. Yes. Okay. If you had a menu of emotions that you could order at a restaurant and one of them was pissed off and one of them was grateful and one of them was passionate and one of them was happy or any number of acronyms you can give for happy, would you choose pissed off? No. So... Well, I, think no oh, I, I don't know. I was like, maybe one day, you know, some days. Some, yeah, some, being, being pissed off is, some people would. is cathartic sometimes. Sure. But it's, sure. it's also a Band-Aid, I think. But whatever. Sure. Sure. So, in, I, I, I would probably honestly choose it every now and then, just so that I could have the counterbalance to the others for the threshold, right? Yeah. But in, Can't have a Caesar salad every time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. In most situations, I want the good emotions. So... Here, here's kind of the living on purpose. Living on purpose is if you're experiencing emotions that you would not actively choose, it is realistically happening because you are living in what's called subconscious patterns. Your subconscious mind has developed patterns. There's things that trigger you that you are currently anchored to. Oh, if I see that, I get triggered and I immediately feel this bullshit, whatever it is, right? And that creates a significant emotional vent based on some emotional event that you had in the past. So if we look at that and we say, okay, well, then that's fair. That makes some sense. My subconscious behavior choice was anger because of something I probably wouldn't have chose if I was consciously aware right now. Then let's say if consciousness is what makes us human, I'll pose the question, is subconscious subhuman if it's making you act in a way that you wouldn't fucking choose? I would have to say yes, then. Yeah. In that context, yes. Subhuman. Next. Less, so that's... Less than human. When, when, I'm, <laughs> when, when I'm teaching living on purpose to folks, like... And, and normally it's not something you go into deeply on a podcast. It's something you're normally doing at a more intimate event. you got 5, 10, 25 people there. And you get people getting pretty, like, vulnerable, pretty intentional going back to their past experiences in life. And what you find, or at least what we found, because I'm sure different folks have had different experiences, is we find that the thing that is causing the most pain for most individuals is also their greatest source of strength if they start flipping the meaning that it generates. Hmm. Hmm. So once you start flipping the meaning, you you take all that soil that was creating a shitty life, you plant a seed in it, and something beautiful grows out of there. Like, you know. Subjugate. Take it, yeah. Make it a bad into a good. Sure. I mean, and honestly, I think it's true. For looking at your Word of the Day calendar on your back. No, I, I was reading about this because I, I fully believe in that, too. Try to, try to turn uh, anything that was bad that you're dealing with into a strength or into something positive. Right. Look how far you've come despite of this. I, well, look how yeah. jacked I am, dude. I'll give you a run for your money. No. <laughs> hey, I, back to the steroids part, guys. I, I want to take steroids. Right. <laughs> I don't think I want to mess with Preston for some reason. <laughs> no way. You. I feel like you have the energy. Like in high school when you, you'd see a fight, my philosophy since high school was crazy beats big. I feel like you've got the inertia that <laughs> would put you – in the crazy category, because I feel like you're a Fight Club guy that wouldn't give up, right? Like you, you can see. No, I'm not talking shit to Preston. At I, all. Know, I, I know. No, he could fly over here in his jet. Uh, I know. 
You're welcome to Tampa anytime, by the way. Um, uh, that's interesting. And, and it's not, that's more, pra- it, it's broad, but it's pragmatic, uh, which I, I was worried you could go the Rick Warren, you know, the purpose driven life kind of way, which is nice. Well, it's like uh, a, a, a familiar theme that we've heard a lot, basically a stoic idea of taking a minute and addressing whatever reaction it is you're having. And when you're able to do that, then you won't go subhuman. You're automatically not subhuman. You're thinking consciously about it. Right. I and think, that's, a, that's a common theme with people that we've had, I think especially a, successful people. For a lot of people listening, I think the one thing, you, the little thing everybody could do is take five minutes. You know, the unanalyzed life's not worth living or whatever that's paraphrased as. Uh, a lot of people don't take that five, ten minutes a day mm. To go, did I win or lose this day? Am I on track with the things I want to do? Because what could I have done better? The the thing I'm trying to write a bit about is just uh, people you know that are lazy as fuck, and they say they're busy and drop the ball on things. Right. Like in a friend outside of work kind of thing, more of a friend friends or family. Like, oh, I've been so busy. I'm like, I don't think you are. Yeah, that's when <laughs> I, that anger comes in. It's angry when it's like, well, oh yeah, what are you busy with? Man, fuck you, man! I gotta tell you. No, I don't. I don't. I take. Their, I take everybody thing. at face value. Maybe that's being naive, but I. It's My one close of those, friends, I kind of put screws to them. You can. It's like you were talking about. You can fill your day like like the feedback part we we're talking about, where you can you can take all that energy and time and go bitch, right? And that's a form uh, saying uh, everyone's saying I'm busy these days, uh, and you know they ain't. Uh, <laughs> that's the kind of same wasted energy, I think. Um, with a little time left, uh, you know, we want to, we want to keep to, you probably have a busier schedule than us. Um, what advice would you, uh, give to your 13 year old self? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, let's see. What advice would I give to my 13 year old self? You can right off the bat. I would say one, don't be so fucking hard on yourself. You're going to do a lot of stupid shit, and it's probably going to be some of the most fun shit you do. And while it's costly in the moment, it's going to be the best teachers you'll ever have. And so be less hard on yourself. So that's probably one. Two, fall in love with data. Fall in love with data. Like, wow, that's, we never heard that one. It, it took me years to realize that, you know, all of the gurus, they go out and they say, oh, thoughts are things. Okay. Well, if you break apart the word in formation, a thought doesn't become a thing until it comes inside of you. And there's some shit that happens to create the formation into whatever the thing, the thought became. And, and so in formation, you've got to bring that shit in. And data, there's a reason all of the largest companies on the New York Stock Exchange are no longer oil companies. It's because the data companies, think about it, Amazon, data company. Mm-hmm. Meta, data company, Apple, data company. I mean, these are data companies. Google, Health insurance data. companies? Right. Credit. Probably that's it's more them. expensive than all of them. And Amazon, the scary thing about Amazon, people just think about them as the thing that delivers stuff. And you're like, ooh, they own all the web services. Like Amazon web services right. yeah, is exactly. huge. Yeah. And, yeah. They, and they're, they're they, data. And they can, they're big data. Yeah. And they're, they're almost so great, they control the labor market in that in a lot of ways. Or at least a lot of people want to give it that 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 kind of credit. 
Interesting. Wait, yeah. I, want, I want to go back to your first one. I don't know if you have a third one. Uh, you're on a roll. No, you had two. Mainly those two. I mean, I think those two because the other one, the, the, the data one, if, if you could find a formula for it, and there's almost nothing that hasn't been done, okay? There's nothing that hasn't been done for the most part. Like, there's a few innovators, like the people that invented Google, you know, Zuckerberg invented Facebook. Like, there's very few pioneers. Almost nothing has been done. So if you can get the right data, that's where you stand on the shoulders of giants and do it better. Okay, fall in love with that. Like that—that that is probably the best advice I could give anyone, because one of the things that pisses me off about a lot of the folks that I coach—they're like, "Oh, I, I don't like numbers. I'm not good with numbers." And I'm like, "I'm not a good accountant either. Right. I don't want to do accounting, but that doesn't mean I don't like numbers. I like fucking numbers. You know, if you ask me how much money is in this bank account right now, I probably know that number off the top of my fucking head. Now, if you ask me how much we expensed." on, I don't know, our TBM 850 in, in fuel revenue on lease flights last month. I don't fucking know. Call the bookkeeper. Leave me the yeah. fuck alone. Like, but, I don't want a page full of numbers, but you give me the bottom line numbers. Don't say I don't like numbers. Just say I want to deal with the important ones. Data is fucking everything. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I can tell you right now, nobody's done something that brings all the data into one place in a digestible format. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Somebody figures that shit out. Yeah. I will be first. Maybe it will be me. And, and I gotta learn a lot of stuff. And the one, the one thing I always hear is EBITDA is usually the go-to metric. A lot of business owners need to keep their eye on, um, for the most part. That's, Which stands for what law? Uh, earnings before income and the uh, ta-da, ta-da. Um, you know, we don't have a lot we'll of time wait. left. Uh, we, I want to go back to. Um, Depreciation and uh, something else. Um, I hate. I, I, I hate accounting too. Um, I want to go back to the the thing uh, that that first one you had. What were? Can you give us some examples of some of the the things that you were hard on yourself that you maybe have worked on at this point and wish you did it earlier? So, control is a fallacy. Okay. No different than anybody else. Like, obviously, everybody has a journey. I grew up broke in a little mobile home park outside of Canyon Teo, Texas. And my dad, wanting to set our family free and get out of poverty, went and opened his own business. To make a long story short, he didn't know how to bill, collect, or charge. So after three or four months in, <clears throat> my mom lost her job. The big fight happened. The frying pan went flying across the room, lodged into the wall, clanked to the floor. And my dad heard these words. He probably heard a lot of fucking words, but these were the main ones. A real man can feed his family. Don't come home if you don't collect what you're owed. So I got to be the charity piece, drove up to the asshole's house that hadn't paid my dad. And I watched my dad all fucking six foot four, the guy, like he's a big guy, big broad shoulders, not like me. And uh, he, he, he was towering over this little weasel of a man. And I was like, I knew what's going to happen. My dad's going to own this son of a bitch. He was going to demand his cash, and he did start that way. And this guy was going to pay. We're going to go home. Everything's going to be fine. Only demanding went to asking, asking went to groveling and begging. And this little pipsqueak weasel of a man used money over my dad and completely mastered it. We took a fraction of what we were owed, drove down to the Smiths, now in Albertsons, and I got to ride back. We didn't say a fucking word. I watched my dad shed a tear, and he was a man that didn't cry. And I rode back with a box of ramen noodles on my lap. 
Well, from that point, when I was a kid, I was seven, maybe eight. Damn. And uh, powerful. I knew that I was going to master money because nobody would make me a slave like they made my dad. My dad, to his credit, beautiful man. My mom is a serious lady. She would have left his ass. She told him, you don't collect, don't come home. Well, he collected what he could. He came home. He gave up on his fucking dreams and chose to be my father that next day. He went out and got a job. Gave up all of his finance dreams. So I spent, up until 2019, being really fucking hard on myself over anything that had to do with anything that had to do with money. I needed to control everything. And control is a lie. It's a con. You're not going to control anything. You need to have fun and flow through things. And, you know, I'm a 40-year-old guy. I got more gray hair than my 60-year-old friends because of how much I tried to control over the years. Now, you know, I look at all of it as a blessing. But there were times where I could have had a blast and I didn't because I was being hard on myself because something wasn't perfect. Mm. You want perfect? Jesus lived 2,000 years ago. I'm not that. You're not that. I don't know anybody that is that. And if there's anybody pretending to be, they're probably a dick and I don't want to know them anyway. So, you know, <laughs> don't be so fucking hard on yourself. That's what I mean by it because once you give up on being perfect and you start just perfecting a little bit every day, then then progress equals happiness. Life becomes not just an investment, but also a gift. Yeah. I, look, Maybe I, I Preston think, is Jesus. I think this has been the best uh, interview we've had on the show. Appreciate you coming on. Ever? Uh, yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm going to go. I, I don't think of it in that terms. I love all our guests equally. <laughs> well, that's some but hippie that shit. really good. I really, believe in I, capitalism. I mean, we have... <laughs> You, know? you guys are awesome. That's, a tough, is, that's a tough story. My, I mean, that's a powerful love, story. My love is not unconditional for the guests. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am not Jesus. Uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, appreciate it. And uh, theprestonbrown.com for the coaching. I saw the websites being worked on. And uh, yblnow.com for your best life now uh, yeah. sessions. Maybe we need to go to one of these. Yeah. Road trip it. Gotta yeah. check it out, man. Four trips a year. They're the best freaking things you can imagine. We just got back from, to give you one more quick story. We went to Machu Picchu. Everything five stars. Absolutely top notch. But one thing we noticed there, because we like to give back in every area that we go. So our relatively small group shows up to Agua Caliente in this little town. And like 18% of the kids have shoes. Well, you know, an interesting statistic, 18%. Of the children in that province go to school because you can't get to school if you can't walk through the jungle and you can't walk through the jungle if you don't have fucking shoes. Mm. So we found a Peruvian shoe manufacturer and we raised a little money. And over this week and last week since we've been back, they have been acquiring and putting shoes on every fucking kid in that province. And we will change generationally the way that people in that community live. Because we're going to improve the education proposition and get all of those little kids to school where they get a hot meal and an education. On top of that, we got to hang out with Gabby Bernstein, Dave Asprey, J.J. Virgin, world-changing people, learn all about faith. Man, you get a chance to check out YBL, do it. It is, it is life-changing. You're, you're picking up where Tom's shoes left off uh, or forgot. Um, I appreciate you That's coming awesome. on. Yeah. That is a really uh, inspiring story. It's amazing. Thank you, guys. Thank you for what you're doing. Stay on purpose. All right, we will. See ya. Thanks. Bye.